stand for the call to work. Christ, the living bread, who satisfies those who hunger and thirst for what is right. Come to Christ, who gives living water, that you may never thirst again. Come to Christ, that being filled yourself, you may minister to the hunger and thirst of others. Come to God in worship and praise through Jesus Christ, who gives us life. seated. I want to begin by saying good morning and welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church. It is such a joy to see all of you here today and we want to make sure we extend a welcome to all of our members and especially to our guests. And if it is uh, your first time with us this morning, we are so happy that you have chosen to be with us and we hope we'll see you again 
Uh, I want to draw your attention to the insert in your bulletin. That is a registration card and an announcement. On one side of that, you will notice that we are having a special lunch next Sunday. Uh, Dr. Roxborough will be back with us, and Miss Peggy and our church family have organized a special lunch to welcome him back, and we are uh, very excited about seeing him again and about the opportunity to fellowship uh, with one another. So I hope you'll make plans to attend that. There is some information on the insert, uh, and if you need more information, you're welcome to call our church office. Uh, on the other side of that, you will notice our registration card. We would ask that, especially if you're a visitor with us, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to fill that out, that will allow us to write you uh, next week, just so we can thank you for being with us and give you some more information about our church. I also want to draw our members' attention to that bottom line there, um, that we, uh, we are going to be publishing our new edition of the Southside Columns, which will be out this Monday. It's already online, and we'll be continuing to send that out through email. But if you would like a hard copy, uh, we would ask that you would request that on the registration card so we know who to send it out to and how many we need to print off. Uh, and a final announcement, we are going to be uh, putting together a church directory, which will be available um, by November, mid-November. We're going to be shooting in September, uh, and we are going to be registering for that beginning this Wednesday uh, and on in the coming weeks. So we will be taking photos on September 9th and 10th. So if you want to get a time for that, we encourage you to do so because we want to make sure that uh, we include everyone in our congregation um, and all of our members. So, um, again, delighted to see all of you this morning. I ask that you would uh, join me in a quick word of prayer uh, before we continue. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for an opportunity to gather here and worship you. We thank you that you have called us together as a family, united in your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask that during this time you would both receive our worship and equip us for the work that you have ahead for us, that you might be glorified and the world might know that we are yours by the way that we love one another and we serve one another. In the holy and precious name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
You may be seated. This is the first reading, Psalm 52, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, I have sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and upon me, and uphold me with thy free spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Getting ready for school? Don't say that word yet. It's almost here, isn't it? I bet a lot of folks are, are um, having the last vacation before school starts. Well, when we were hearing the call to worship this morning, um, we heard that Christ was called the living bread. And later on, when we hear John 6, we're going to hear that, that Jesus called himself the bread of life. Have you ever worried, wondered about that? What that means? Does that sound sort of silly, calling yourself a, some food? Have you ever heard of that before? Well, I think to understand this, we first of all, we have to understand a little bit about bread. You know, we hear a lot about bread. In fact, in the Bible, when the, when the Israelites were coming from Egypt, God sent manna, or bread from heaven. Remember that story? I bet that was the best bread of all. And every, every, 
people in all around the world have had some kind of bread. All over the world, all through history, different kinds of bread. Um, there's some bread that's made from rice, little rice cakes. Um, if you have a taco or a wrap, the tortillas are bread, the soft tacos, that's bread. Um, if you ever had pita, pita bread, you ever had some of that? That's bread. The Native American Indians made a cornbread and they cooked it on a rock. Um, you ever had pizza? Pizza dough is bread. Sometimes we have muffins and things like that. That's all a kind of bread. Well, I want to uh, show you a little bit about bread today because I think that helps us to understand what Jesus was trying to tell us. Sometimes I think that making bread is a little bit like our lives. And so I want to show you how we put bread together because it helps us maybe to understand. I have a recipe. Tells me what to do. Also, I'm really lucky that I'm not like a, a pilgrim mother or somebody. I don't have to roll the bread and punch it and knead it and wait a long time and then do it again and wait and wait and wait. I can use my bread maker, and in four hours, I can have a nice loaf of bread. So what we're going to do is use this, and you can help me do this. We're going to put together a little bit of bread. Okay, the first thing we do is we put some flour in. I'm lucky I don't have to grow the wheat and grind the wheat and all that like a little red hen. And pour that in, careful, so it flies up. Okay, believe it or not, this recipe calls for a little bit of sugar, just a little. A little bit of salt, teeny tiny bit. Calls for a tiny bit of dried milk. Sort of like our lives, you know, we have lots of different things in our lives, don't we? has a little tiny bit of butter. And a little bit of water.
Okay, then we would take this, put this in the bread maker. But we don't have the most important thing of all. You know what that is? No? Never made bread before? Okay, the thing that goes on the top is really the most important. I was saying that this is like our lives, that everything is different in our lives. Well, the most important thing, and I think of this as sort of like Jesus and God in our lives. This is called yeast. Looks a little bit like sand or salt. And this, if you think of this as like, like Jesus in our lives, this yeast is going to go down into the bread and fill up the whole bread. And this is how I do this. Now, if this was plugged in, I would push the buttons, and in four hours, I would have the bread. But, of course, we don't have four hours to stay. So in four hours, unless we want to, I would have a loaf of bread that looks a little bit like this. See, it's sort of nice and fluffy. Feel that. Beautiful to look at. The yeast is all on the inside. And that's, that's sort of like what Jesus does to our lives. It makes us feel full. It gives us hope. It makes us know that we are forgiven. We have love. Now, does this mean that we aren't going to have some bad times or sad times? No, but just like the bread, we know that God is with us. Jesus is with us through all those times. Now, I want to show you something. I made a loaf of bread, and I didn't put the yeast in. On the outside, it sort of looks like the other one, doesn't it? It's sort of brown, and so it has a nice color, but if you feel the inside, it's hard. It's like a rock. I don't think that would be a very good thing to eat. It's sort of like when we are missing something in our lives, you know, we don't, with, with God out, with not in our lives, we don't have hope, we don't feel the love. It's not much to live for, is it? We feel better when we are full of, know we have Jesus with us. So I think that, you know, to understand what Jesus said about being the bread of life, think about the yeast going through our lives and helping us whatever we do. Can we say a prayer? Okay. Dear God, dear Jesus, we thank you for being in our lives. We thank you for being with us through all the times that we have. We thank you for the bread, the reminder that you are with us, and that you will take care of us and be with us at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. bow with me as we offer words of prayer. <clears throat> Almighty God, we gather in this wonderful place for worship, this sacred space that has had worshipers gather in it for over a hundred years. Saints that have gone before, people that have bowed down before you, seeking to follow you and every facet of their life. We come, Lord, to carry on 
not only with what they started, but also what you have placed within us. To be a worshiping people, to bow before you, to honor you in all that we do, to praise your name, to seek guidance from you day by day. Even now we come and we, we celebrate all that is good, all those things that we have received from you, for we know that in reality we deserve none of those things that we have received. We know that it is by your grace that you have redeemed us, made us whole, forgiven us, restored us, and that you make us who we are, even into that being that you desire us to be. Today, O oh Lord, I pray for the many people in our congregation who are struggling today, those who have experienced injuries and, and loss of use of uh, their bodies, those who are recovering and rehabilitating, for those who have lost loved ones, pray, O oh Lord, that your spirit might comfort them. For the reality of, of your presence in their lives, may they sense that and may they draw from that the encouragement they need. May we, O oh Lord, also allow ourselves to be directed to those places where we should go to speak words of kindness and goodness and hope, words that you instill within us. Our minds, O oh Lord, go to so many people around the world who are suffering today, those who are in places that are war-torn, those who are experiencing famine, those who have given up hope. May those who are leaders in those places and those who have opportunities to make good and wise decisions do so for the benefit of those who they shepherd or who they care for. Help us, O oh Lord, as we pray for those who are close to us and those who are our neighbors, but also those who we might even perceive as enemies. May we always remember your words to us that we might love others even as you have loved us. Bless our time of worship today. For we come and ask that your presence would be here in all that we say and do, and that we, your people, will be able to go forth with a resolve to be your representatives, your ambassadors, to be conduits of your love and your grace and your mercy. Guide us, O oh Lord, in this time of worship, but also beyond. And may you be here now as we offer our prayers, even as our Lord taught those closest to him to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Our second reading for today is found in the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 35. And yes, as Bonnie has already prepped you for that, it is about the bread of life. Jesus proclaiming that is who he is. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into their boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works of God, that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sure, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. There's one thing about Baptist churches, maybe all churches in general, but when they meet, there often will be food served in some form or fashion. And we're not out of the ordinary there. We're not atypical. In fact, as Chris gave the welcome, he told you about a dinner that's going to be next week. So we always gather to eat. We gather, some people say we we meet to eat, we eat to meet, and sometimes we just eat to eat because that's what we like to do. And we all know that. Um, you, don't, I mean, you can look at some of us and tell that. Nevertheless, as we gather today, we gather thinking about the bread of life. In this passage that we read today, it follows a longer passage in which Jesus has done two previous or two other miracles. The first is that he takes a few loaves and two fish, five loaves and two fish, and he feeds a multitude. And after that, he collected 12 baskets. There was plenty left over. Almost every church gathering you go to, you always find some leftovers. There are things to take away. There's always something that goes, goes with folks home because God provides for those times we gather together. And in, in the case of the multitudes, Jesus feeding them, that was certainly the case, too. In the reading of that part of the, of the passage, you'll see that Jesus realized that they were taking in what he said, but they also realized, here is a meal ticket. And if it's a meal ticket, we want to get close to him. The next day, of course, they had to go find him. But on that day of the, of the miracle, 
Jesus realized they were going to take him and make him their king, so he slipped away. And as he did, he went away to pray, and his disciples also left. And as they left, they went to the other side of the lake. They went to Capernaum. And the next morning, when folks got up and began to go and gather where they had eaten their last meal, where they had last seen Jesus, they couldn't find him. Somebody had foiled their plans for the day because their meal was supposed to be there and it was not. I was talking to a pastor just this week about their church, and in their church they do a lot of ministry to folks who wander in and they feed them lots and lots of food. The folks don't really have much, and they come in and eat, and he confessed to me, he said, you know, sometimes I wonder that they come for the food or they come for the fellowship and the worship. Well, when we see what Jesus said, we understand that Jesus fed, knowing that it is sort of difficult to think lofty thoughts when your stomach is growling. That's just the way it is. We get our minds preoccupied with things of the immediate future, our own physical needs, and we take our eyes off of those more important. Jesus also, on that night before, on the night that he left his disciples, he went away to pray, and then as he was, he looked down and he saw them struggling with their boats against a terrible storm. Winds had blown up, and they were unable to get to their destination, and Jesus, in a mysterious way, comes and walks to them on the water, and when he does, they're able to make it to the place that they desire to be. You know, in this Jesus feeding the 5,000 and also in Jesus walking on the water, we see two things in that. We see both Jesus caring for and providing for those immediate needs of, the, of those that follow him. But we also see Jesus comforting those disciples because they were really worried that something was about to happen to them. He both, both provides for them and he comforts them. And in the style of John, as he's writing, he's big on signs. The whole gospel of John is about signs, signs that would bring the identity of Jesus into the minds of people that heard it, signs that would help them understand who Jesus was and who he was going to be, not only now, but in the future too. So when the, those who had eaten their fill the day before show up, and they are sort of astonished and say, well, Jesus, when did you get here? His response is not what they expected. It seems as though he cuts straight to the heart of the matter and realizes that they're really not there to learn those things that Jesus is teaching about how we are to relate to one another, to love God, to, to care for our brothers and sisters, but rather to get their stomachs filled. And so he says, That's, you're not about the, the signs that I perform, you're all about being here for more food. Now, we shouldn't get too, or we shouldn't have uh, too harsh of a reaction toward them because we might have done the very same thing if we had been them when a, a great teacher comes and he does a miracle and he feeds us and he provides for us. But it is one of these cases where they're struggling to understand because Jesus points out to them that really what they're, they're after is something that is temporal. And they're putting all of their 
they're putting all of the resources they have, all of their beliefs, all of their hopes and dreams on those things that will perish, those things that do not last. And so what do they do but ask him, well, if that's the case then, why don't you show us something that will make us believe? Give us a sign, a real sign. Feeding us was one thing, but show us a real sign. So we'll really know that you're a prophet. Do something like Moses did. Moses, in the wilderness, fed the Israelites with manna from heaven. Or he called upon God, and God fed them. They're struggling to understand, and they're struggling to know, as, as Wayne Meek says, they're really trying to get a handle on what Jesus is teaching them. They're trying to get their hands around an understanding of, of this, new, this new truth that is more than just made, making sure that my physical needs are provided for. So they respond with that, and Jesus says, well, look, you're looking at the one that's sent from heaven. You're, sent, you're looking at the one who God has sent down just as he sent the manna from heaven to those Israelites. He also has sent me. He sent me because I am the bread of life. This is the first of those I am sayings. And if you look at the second window there, that is the I am the bread of life. It's a reminder that from that wheat comes bread. Bread that sustains, bread that enables us to, to live. And it carries with it a great deal of meaning that we allow to slip by and fail to fully embrace. These few dis disciples that were followers had come and they were looking for Jesus. They couldn't find him. And so they were faced with coming to grips with the question as they responded to Jesus, what were they looking for? What were they really looking for? Was it just the food? Or had there been something that was a, touched a bit in their heart and they were looking for and seeking to understand a little bit more? Fred Craddock speaks of this as being, they were still trying to, to control the, their faith, not just their circumstances. They wanted control of faith by forcing Jesus to help them understand. And so they push forward. What were they looking for? They were looking for that that would sustain life, but they were surely looking for something more. For Jesus had taught them, and in the following passage, though, you'll see where many of his followers fall away when he tells about what true, the true cost of discipleship is. Maybe what's more important is what you're looking for. What are you looking for in gathering here today? You know, if you look around in this room and you see that we're a diverse group, we're from all races, we're from very various um, socioeconomic strata, and we find ourselves here gathering together to worship. We come looking for something. I doubt that everyone's looking for the same thing, but we're all coming looking for something. What is it you're looking for? just to get your stomach full 
If it is, you're going to have to wait four hours for that bread to cook. What are you looking for? The idea of bread that Jesus talks about is that bread of life. It is to believe in the bread of life as a one sin of God that sustains life and has that deeply rooted aspect of, of being of, of its own being that it changes us as we feast upon it. As we feast upon the bread of heaven. We take in those things Jesus taught. We let them sink in and we let them sit there and we let them we ruminate on them and we, we try to get to an understanding of what that really means. Loving one's neighbor. Doing good to those who despitefully use you. All those things that are so troubling as we try to apply them today. But it changes us. Just as the bread that is baked gives sustenance to life, so does the bread of life give sustenance to us spiritually. William Willimon says that the things that are spiritual are really things that are physical because they transcend all of that. They become that which is also of a physical nature because there is no place where those teachings of Jesus do not rub shoulders with or come in contact with the events of day-to-day living. They all do. Lattice Orsi wrote this about bread, that it's a wonderful thing. You think about bread that Bonnie has prepared here, or is prepared. It's a wonderful thing because it's ordinary, but it's good. Nothing really special about it. It nourishes both the poor and the rich. No distinctions made. It goes well with meat or fish or fruit or cheese. It doesn't really matter. It may even come back to the table three times in a day. Or sometimes it never even leaves the table. And it never outstays its welcome. The bread of life that Jesus speaks of is that which gives meaning and purpose and fulfillment to life. Feasting on Jesus, feasting on who he is, is feasting on the word of God. For John begins that his gospel with that. In the beginning was the word. Feasting on that enables us to see the world through the eyes of Jesus. It transforms us. It makes us new and different. And through time, we can hardly recognize the person that we were. Because God has brought about that change. The bread that we think about, the bread of life, is that bread that we eat on a regular basis. The bread that we share together in this place today is the bread that comes here. This being unleavened. But it's bread that gives sustenance to life. But as we think about it here, it is far more than that. 
For as we gather at this table and we partake of this bread and this cup, we do so thinking about how Jesus broke the bread for those he fed, gave them all they needed to eat, and there was leftovers. It's no accident, I don't believe, that because John includes it, that when they sat down for that, the multitude, it was almost Passover. So the bread had even more meaning for those who heard him teach. The bread of life, it is that which gives us life, life meaning here, but also promises life eternal. Jesus said his body was broken. As we come to this table today, we come to share and partake of the bread, the bread of life. This bread symbolic of the body that was given. The cup, a reminder and symbolic of Jesus pouring out his life for the remission of our sins. But also joined together with all those who've gone before to celebrate God's goodness, God's mercy, God's grace in all aspects of our life. As we prepare to come today, we do so reminded by these words that we come to this table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify to your righteousness, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciple. Come not because your goodness gives you a right to come, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in need of heaven's mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and want to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Lift up your hearts above your cares and fears. Let this bread and wine be a sign of God's grace to you and a pledge to your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive the love of God and consecrate your life afresh to following him daily in all that you do. You bow with me. Oh Lord, we come asking that you would bless these elements today. And just as you bless that bread on the hillside and you multiplied it, may we receive this into our bodies, reminding us and join together with you in that miracle as we feast upon the word made flesh. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, and may we receive these, the bread and the wine, as you have intended us to receive it. Holy, humble, in adoration and in thanksgiving. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he took the cup and he broke the bread and he gave thanks for it all. And he took the cup also. Today we come and we celebrate Holy Communion. And as we do, we're reminded of the bread of life that takes away the sins of the world, the bread of life that gives us meaning and fulfillment. So as we come today, we come remembering that the bread of life has made this possible for us. I would ask that you come and come forward for to receive both the bread and the cup 
and we'll do that by intention. We'll serve the choir first for those who want to come. And then others, if, as they finish, if you would come forward and we will serve you here at the front. Chris will be at that side. I'll be over here. And Marilyn will be coming forward to serve anyone who is unable to come forward.
as we have participated in the Holy Communion today, we've also heard the gospel reading, a reminder that Jesus desires to meet all of our needs, to dwell within us day by day as he forgives our sins and walks with us through all experiences of life. Maybe there's a need for you to respond to the gospel, to what you have seen in Holy Communion, Whatever the case, you come forward as we sing a hymn of dedication, knowing that Jesus will be there to meet you in this place, and we will pray with you as God leads us. Would you all stand?
God, in Jesus' name, our humble sinner asks that you bless these tithes and offerings and guide them. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen.
be seated for just a moment, please? Tim, Dr. Banks is going to come forward and make a couple of announcements, but I wanted to, before he does, call attention to the cradle cross that's hanging on the pulpit. It is in honor of Carter Bryan, a son born to Philip and Aaron Prince on July 17th. So if you have a chance to uh, offer a prayer of thanksgiving for that little one that's been born into the church family, but especially into their family. Tim? I just wanted to take a moment to um, do maybe what Dr. Bill Hull used to call the uh, ministry of announcements, uh, but also a welcome. Uh, the lovely flute music that you have heard this morning is from our new friend and uh, compatriot, uh, Barbara Harrington, uh, and we're so glad that she could be with us today. And um, uh, I, I don't think it would be inappropriate to give her a show of applause, a show of thanks for that. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, we're booking her again. She'll, you'll see her again. So there we have it. The second uh, little bit is to, uh, to give Godspeed and uh, blessings to one of our Martinson scholars, Ms. Mallory Bubbitt. Mallory, would you mind standing for a moment? Mallory is, please. Mallory is uh, leaving us uh, for a semester of study in Costa Rica. Uh, we've already connected her with Linda Thomas and the whole Spanish uh, sort of thing uh, there. So uh, we're, we, we're sending uh, Mallory out. Uh, we hope to see her back again late in the year, perhaps later in December, uh, as she goes and wish her uh, all the blessings of God in this congregation uh, as she goes to, to study uh, abroad. Last but not least... You've been hearing about this thing called Southside Center for the Arts and Humanities, and we had the, uh, uh, the little blurb in the bulletin today, but I just would like to call attention to it again for two reasons. Yes, there is going to be a live Cajun Zydeco band from Lafayette, Louisiana, in the gymnasium on August the 14th. So uh, think about that. We really want to get involvement of the congregation, not just the community at Y. Uh, at, at large, but uh, take a look at that one. That's the first of two uh, big events that are starting here in two weeks' time. Uh, the week after is the Dixie Swim Club. Uh, our, our own um, Paul Huey in, and Sandra Taylor are coordinating this. Uh, it's a five-woman show, a comedy. It's very, very fine, and you will want to be a part of that uh, in Historic Foster Auditorium on the 21st, 22nd, at 7 o'clock or August 23rd at uh, 2.30. And I'm grateful for